You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Acterhouse. Each episode, I dig deep into the world of cars with news, reviews, and other random motor talk. From engine cars to EVs, I'm here to entertain you whilst you're nipping through traffic or even whilst you're stuck at home trying to change your exhaust. But warning, I may ramble on about Fiat Pandas. You've been warned. Anyway, engage launch control. It's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to Series 3, Episode 14 of the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Actaus, being recorded today, Pinch and a Punch, on the 1st of the month. It's the 1st of May, nearly said March then, um, I'm a bit behind in the head. It's the 1st of May, 2021, already. Uh, I mean, you know, 1st of May, 2020, only feels a couple of weeks ago. You know, lockdown just makes everything, you know, kind of go slower and quicker at the same time. It's a very complicated and strange world we live in. Now, just before I record this podcast, just, you know, before I get on with it properly, I'd like to apologise on behalf of some kids that are currently playing Kirby outside of my bedroom window um, on the road, because basically it's a bit too warm, and if I'm honest, my room, you know, stinks a bit because I've had, you've just, just stinks of food and stuff like that, as with as with all bedrooms. So I've got my windows open, and as a consequence of that, there's, you know, there's kids playing Kirby, screaming. So if you hear screaming kids, no. Um, okay, they're just playing Kirby outside. Nothing nothing dodgy, I promise. Anyway, um, just before we get started, um, please remember to follow, subscribe, you know, share the Piston podcast with your friends. Just do anything you can to support the podcast and the show and myself because it really does help climbing the um, motoring uh, podcast charts and stuff like that. It really does help. And leave a positive review because, you know, kindness is key, isn't it, in in the current climate? Sorry to be one of them people that uses them cliches, but the current climate? Um, I will say it because I'm one of them people. Quite annoying. Anyway, um, I think we should kick off with some car news um, because, you know, there's a lot to talk about, as with every week on this podcast. Um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. You know, that car news is just constant, and there's just endless things happening each week. So I think we should start off with this. Tourists rent U-Haul moving trucks to uh, in Hawaii. In Hawaii? In Hawaii? That's a phone maker. In Hawaii, because rental cars are too costly. Now, let me elaborate on this. Um, basically, this is the law of the market being just absolutely bizarre. Um, and people are now renting trucks instead of cars because it's a cheaper option. Now, I, I struggle to believe how renting a truck, removal truck, um, is cheaper than, you know, renting a Fiesta. But um, apparently it is in Hawaii, not Huawei, as I just said um, but there we go, that's an interesting piece of car news to start us off. Uh, very interesting indeed. Uh, some official news for you, and sad news for the Aussies. Uh, good eye, might. The new Ford Bronco will not reach Australia. Um, so left-hand drive markets will, won't get the new Bronco. Now, the Ford Bronco is a car we have talked about quite a lot on the Piston podcast. That's because it's a car that I particularly like. I just think it's cool. It's really cool, okay? And I'm sure a lot of people will share that view with me. It's just an epic car. So for the Aussies, I can only apologise, really. It's a lovely, lovely thing. Uh, I'm unsure as to whether the UK get them, actually. Do the UK get the new Ford Bronco? Um, If they don't, then, you know, I'll be the last one laughing. 
Uh, Touring Superleggera has teased a new creation for its 95th anniversary. Um, and it, it, it could be a Ferrari-based supercar. Um, and, it, you know, from the pictures that have been teased, it does look very smart indeed. But we'll have to wait for whatever happens. Now, there's a company called Caviar. Uh, and trust me, it's not the food. And it's a company who mods iPhones, right? Uh, I don't know why you want to mod an iPhone, but some people do. They have made a 24 karat gold Tesla Model S. And it is worth, take a guess, listeners, how much is this 24 karat gold Tesla Model S worth? It's black, but with gold on it, you know, gold wheels, gold grill, gold gubbins. Guess how much? Just under $300,000. Wow. The question is, is it worth it? I'm going to answer no. Unless your name is like, you know, Kylie Jenner or something, in which, you know, anything with 24 karat gold is worth that amount of money, or maybe even more. £300,000 for a Tesla with some added gold, which will probably make the car heavier, let's be honest. I'm not really sure how it works. I don't, I don't really know gold, because I don't have much of it myself, or in fact, I don't have any. Um, so, there we go. It could be really heavy for all I know. I'm just being really thick and showing up my lack of science skill here, aren't I? But we'll move away from that. Two, Electron, um, spelt with a K, E-L-E-K-T-R-O-N. Uh, they've made a new car called the Quasar, um, and it is a 200, sorry, no, it's a 2,300 horsepower hypercar. Now, this is a repeat of the podcast, how many weeks ago? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, where I couldn't say numbers. And I'm going to be honest, right, it's quarter past eight on a Saturday night, um, and it's bank holiday. And I've just had a lovely meal out, you know, had a massive burger sitting outside, all COVID safe and secure. Must make that clear. In our current climate, these challenging times, and I'm a bit loopy. Um, that burger must have had bad effects on me. Can't read numbers. But anyway, I can tell you facts about, you know, Quasar. My cousin has a caravan called the Lunar Quasar. So whenever I'm going to hear this name, the Electron Quasar, I'm just going to think of the caravan, um, which is quite tragic. Sixth birth caravan. It's not a sixth birth caravan. It's a hypercar with a lot of power. It takes style notes from the Jesco, uh, and it only weighs 1,500 kilograms. Now, this is incredible, actually. 1,500 kilograms and 2,300 horsepower. Wow, talk about power-to-weight ratios. That is that's fantastic. Really, really light, actually, for the car it is. If we, you know, remember that a VW Golf GTI weighs a similar amount and has, you know, 10 times less the power. Wow. So, surely... I'm going to use my math skills here. The power-to-weight ratio is 10 times greater. Yes, am I right in saying that? If it's got 10 times less the power and weighs the same, it's going to have 10 times... Yeah, I think that's right. Again, I'm probably showing up how bad I am at maths, but anyway, that's just me. Um, And it's worrying, I've got GCSEs next year, so (laughs) see how well I do on that. Uh, and if the podcast is still going strong, then you'll be able to find out, probably. The um, Suzuki Misano is a gorgeous, roofless, doorless concept car that Suzuki has just released. But it's bad news. It's just a design study to sort of show off what we can do with Suzuki. It's not actually a real car that's going to come out, which is a shame because it just looked glorious. So, yeah, Suzuki Misano. Just search that up on Google because it does look quite incredible. It's on like a silvery... It's like lilac, really. It's a lilac colour, in a way, with some sort of rose gold trim. Lilac and rose gold works, I think. That just looked quite incredible. Hennessy has revealed a 1,000 horsepower... These horsepower figures are getting ridiculous. Come on. 
let's get down to, you know, real Earth, not planet Zog. 1,000 horsepower in a seven-seater Ram TRX, which is the car, is excessive, okay? And, oh my God, it's just ridiculous. I, I, I said this last week, I think, when we were talking about the other hypercar. You don't need a lot of power to have fun. You can have 50 horsepower and still have fun in a car. Yes. Um, I don't, you know, I don't really believe that thousands and thousands of horsepower makes it more fun. It makes it undrivable, let's be honest, because, you know, the speed limits in the world, you know, sadly, there's speed limits. There has to be. It's the law for all of our safety as drivers. But, you know, this is ridiculous. 1,000 horsepower, seven-seater. Wow. Okay. Uh, quite bonkers. My cousins with the Lunar Quasar Caravan also have a seven-seater, but it's a Vauxhall Zafir with 160 horsepower, which is probably all the power you need, so get one of them. <laughs> That's proper piston podcast advice there. Don't get a 1,000 horsepower Hennessy. Get a Vauxhall Zafir 1.9 diesel. So there we go. Um, Ford is rebooting the F-150 Lightning as an electric pickup. It's expected to arrive sometime next year. Um, so... That's exciting. Ford F-150 going electric. The Lightning model. That's quite a good name to use for an electric pickup. The F-150 Lightning. So, there you go. Now, um, this year celebrates 20 years. I'm going to scare some people here. Of the BMW Mini. 20 years ago since BMW Mini landed on Earth. Now, I know a lot of people that are around when this car first came out. They're going to be going, 20 years since when? I wasn't born. I was born in 2005, so I wasn't. I was late to the party, unfortunately. But 20 years since the BMW Mini. Now this is incredible, really, because the BMW Mini, the first one, the R50, I think it was called, is a great car. One of the best BMW Minis. I think probably the best, actually. Um, you can't improve. In, you can't improve in perfection. So there we go. But BMW thought they could, and now it's gone into this massive car, which is a shame, really. But um, I have been in a R50 Mini before, and it had a sunroof, and it was quite lovely. In fact, we were going to buy it, but then I wouldn't be just do it. And it was lovely, okay? I just said it was lovely, but it was just lovely. I can't stress it enough. And what was interesting, I think, is it had a half-hydraulic, half-electric steering unit, which was interesting for the car at the time. I was doing some reading up on this. I think the reason was they built it with um, with electric steering, and I think somebody at BMW said there's no feel um, so they added some hydraulic steeringness to it, and it's sort of like hydroelectric, not hydrogen, um, you know, hydraulic. So that's a little fact for you there. I think it's true. If it's not, I'm talking complete flim flam, but hopefully it is true. So there we go. Um, we had that Mini as well we went to look and buy uh, that, you know, was pinched by another woman. We then got an R50, R56 Mini, I think it is. In fact, I'm just going to check my facts because I'm not convinced... Um, and, you know, I've got my phone on, do not disturb. I've just switched it on and there's millions of notifications. It's the podcast fame getting to me. Um, let me have a look. R56 Mini. Let me, let me see if I'm being correct here. I think it is an R56. It is an R56, I think. Uh, oh, uh, not so sure. It wasn't a Cooper S or anything. It was just a Mini Cooper, 2007. And it had the 1.6 litre engine. And it was powerful. You know, 140 horsepower in a car that small was adequate. It was quite nippy, actually. Um, you know, now, later on, I found out that it was actually a Peugeot engine, um, which is quite depressing. But um, it was still a nippy engine. And I'm going to be honest, I think it was probably a bit of a mistake going for that, you know, 2007 Mini. 
we should have, you know, had a look at some of the um, older minis because I just think they're better. And I don't want to be one of them people again to say it because I kind of don't believe in it, but it's a future classic um, with a funny face. Because, yeah, I, I'm not one of them people that says, oh, this car's going to be a future classic. A few cars are an exception, i.e. Fiat Panda 100 HP, original BMW Mini, cars like that, you know, new Beetle, the modern classics, call it that. Um, but I mean, saying like a you know BMW 5 Series is going to be a future classic, I just don't you know don't see happening. And I also think, right, you know, back in the 1960s, people would look at a VW Beetle as just a car, okay, just a car. And then now it's like this massive classic car. And it's interesting, a car today, like a Vauxhall Astra, is so you know boring to us. But in 50 years' time, will a Vauxhall Astra be a classic? That is the question. Um, yeah, it's a very complicated question. Lots of answers to that, I know. Um, but we have to wait and see, really. You know, 50 years' time, how old would I be? 16, nearly 66. Whoa. Um, an old gent, I'll be. An old gent. And hopefully many of you listeners will still be around so I can <laughs> do a 50-year update on the podcast to see if I was talking complete nonsense or not. Um, but there we go. Happy birthday, the BMW Mini. 20 years old. Wow. That is incredible. An AMG version of the Mercedes EQS has been spotted at the Nürburgring. So, is this a new direct rival to the Tesla Model S Plaid? We'll have to wait and see. So, this is the new electric EQS, which is a coupe car made by Mercedes, all electric. And uh, an AMG version has just been spotted. An electric AMG car. Wow. That is good. For me, anyway, I like electric cars. And I think an AMG electric car would be quite funky. But a lot of people, you know, the purists, you know, petrol V8 power, they won't like it. I can I can tell already there's some people screaming in their sofas or at their windscreens as they're listening to this podcast in their car. So, um, yeah, I don't want to cause any crashes or anything. So I apologise for reading that news story out. Um, Tesla's cyber van will be... <laughs> will be arriving in 2026 and apparently it's damn ugly so it's based on the Cybertruck but it's a cyber van so it's a cyber truck as a van um, says it in the name kind of and yes it is ugly it's worse than the Cybertruck it's very ugly but it's a very interesting car now now the first ever Piston Podcast episode which is available for you all to listen to on any podcast provider uh, where I reviewed the Renault Twingo GT I believe I talked about the Cybertruck and I said I believe at the time, it's yes, it's an ugly design, but it's a great PR stunt. It's getting people talking about Tesla, um, you know, in a negative way mostly. But it gives them, you know, promotions. And, you know, it it gives them the attention that they want. So it's a very clever car. But we're gonna, I don't think, you know, the production the production Cybertruck or Cybervan is going to look anything like that, personally. But... Yeah, it just gets the conversation going, doesn't it, really? Uh, finally, the Citroen Ami has arrived in the United States, but it'll be only available for rental. So you can't buy one, unfortunately, but just for rental, you can get a Citroen Ami. I am damn jealous, because we don't get them in the UK yet, and America have just got them. Wow, I am so jealous. I want to throw a brick at my face. Um, there we go. Let's finish off with this new story, which is very interesting, right? Very ironic if we remember the car company that's saying this. Volkswagen <clears throat> has claimed that hydrogen cars are worse than diesel ones. So, <laughs> an even more energy-consuming technology than internal combustion engines. That makes no sense what I just read. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the question. Are hydrogen cars worse than diesel cars? 
Now, if, if you were going to ask that to me, I'd probably say no, but I think we should just have a quick read of this. This is an article done on Drive Tribe by Thomas Kim. So, a bit of a shout out. Um, let's, have, let's have a little read. Uh, at the way to zero event, which was designed to set out Volkswagen's roadmap for the future, the German brand CEO, Herbert Dies, uh, did not beat about the bush when describing his position on hydrogen. The man said that, without restraint, that hydrogen has no future under the bonnet of passenger cars. And to give way to a statement, Dies, Dies replied to the study conducted by Maximilian Fichner. Uh, director of the Helm, Helmholtz Institute at uh, for Alternative Energies. This is difficult to read because it's late at night. Is you know half eight now coming up to, um, and there's still kids screaming. But hopefully you can't hear it. Uh, Fitchner's conclusions are clear. Hydrogen-powered cars require much more energy than electric and internal combustion engine counterparts. The researcher took as a reference the energy consumption of the 47 million cars on the road in Germany in 2018, which amounted to 751 TWh, which is probably... What's TWh? Something watt-hour, isn't it? You know, what is it, TWh? don't know, actually. Interesting question. What unit is it? Assuming that these 47 million cars switch from fossil fuels to hydrogen, the energy demand would rise to 1,000 TWh. It would only be between 130 and 170 TWh if all these cars were electric. The consequent extra energy demand by hydrogen offers offsets the large losses inherent in the technology. So there we go. There's a table here to prove it. I know you can't see it, but that's an interesting, interesting topic, actually. I didn't know that. Um, now, obviously, you know, they they don't let out any tailpipe emissions, but, you know, they, they require a lot more energy, and it's how this energy is produced, which is the interesting question. Anyway, we've talked enough about car news. It's coming up to 18 minutes of car news. It's probably the most we've done in a long, long time. So let's move on to some piston discussion. There's two cars I want to talk about particularly this week that have excited me, okay? Not in the weird way. First of all... If I ruffle my sheet, is the Porsche Taycan Cross Turismo. So this is a Cross Turismo version of the Porsche Taycan, which you all know, if you're a regular listener especially. But, you know, if you're alive and like cars, you'll know what the Taycan is. It's basically an estate car, but don't you call it an estate car, because Porsche and Porsche fans will get angry. Um, and it looks stunning, okay? It's the Cross Turismo, so it's got, you know, cross trim on it, makes it look a bit more beefy, and maybe a bit more SUV-like, dare I say. But it does look really nice really super duper nice now i can recommend a watch again i'm going to say late break show because i'm a bit of an avid fan go check out johnny smith's review of the taycan cross turismo it's very good because he's joined by jason plato which is he's a great man okay and johnny smith and jason plato are just iconic together in my in my mind so his review is good and make made me like the taycan cross turismo even more it's a great car and just makes you know, an ish practical car, even more practical. And that's good. Because there isn't actually many electric estate cars about. In fact, I think the only one is made by MG. And now Porsche. But then again, it isn't a estate car. It's probably just still MG. Which is the MG ZS5 or something like that. MG5 ZS, I think it is. Uh, another car that's excited me this week is the Hyundai Ioniq 5. Which is a new car designed by Hyundai. And it was released to us, I think, a few months ago now. And it looked epic. And... The production model looks just as epic. It's a bit like a 8-bit cartoon car. It's wicked, is how I describe it. Sorry to use that language, but it is wicked. 
It's rad, dude. Um, it's pixelated. It's got pixelated lights. That's just cool. Okay, it's proper 80s spec, um, which appeals to me. You know, a bit of a old young person. Um, so there we go. There are two cars that appeal to me. Um, and have excited me very much this week. So let's move on now to the Piston Podcast Pick of the Week, which is a car I review, which I'm surprised I haven't mentioned, actually. I think it's the guests that have um, taken my mind off it, uh, probably for the best for you listeners, but I want to talk about it now. And it is a Peugeot. Whoa, you're all screaming now. It's the Peugeot 508 PSE SW. Now, PSE's Peugeot Sport... Uh, what is PSE, actually? So I searched that up on my... My computer screen. Computer screen. Makes no sense, does it? Peugeot PSE. Right, let's have a look. What does PSE mean? Google is loading, but my computer's quite slow. PSA, I think, uh, PSE, not PSA. I think PSE's just Peugeot Sport. Um, but I might be wrong. Meaning. Meaning. Uh, oh, Peugeot Sport Engineered. That's it. PSE. There we go. Got it there. And SWs for station wagon, which is the electric. It's well, not electric. Sorry, which is the uh, estate version. But don't call it an estate. It's a station wagon. Again, this links in with the Taycan Cross Turismo. I think the word estate is now known as uncool, which is a shame because I like estate cars. But they're all known as station wagons and Cross Turismos and. What's the other one? Shooting brake, shooting brake, yes. So this new Peugeot 508 PSE SW is a really, really nice car. You're all sighing at me, I know, and unsubscribing to the podcast and blocking me on social media. I'm sorry, but listen to me for a minute, because this car is great. Really, really good. This is not so great. It starts, I think, at £55,000, just over there, actually. Uh, which is a lot of money for a Peugeot, but this is the sporty model, which is a pretty incredible piece of kit. It's powered by a four-cylinder, 1.6-litre turbocharged engine, which sounds pretty boring, but it's strapped onto two electric motors, or rather the electric motors are strapped onto the engine. So, this together combined produces 355 horsepower. That's a lot for a Peugeot estate. I think it's the most powerful Peugeot production car ever built. Now, EV power only, 158 horsepower, which, again, alone, 158 horsepower is plentiful in a Peugeot estate from, you know, what we've had in the past. Uh, produces 520 newton metres of torque, which is, uh, in, you know, in these words, goddamn a lot. Um, it's it's all-wheel drive. It's got an eight-speed automatic gearbox. Uh, MPG. This is controversial, as with, you know, all hybrids. It's some ridiculous figure. Personally, I wouldn't listen to it. It's complete nonsense. But I'm going to say it anyway. Peugeot Claim, 138.9 MPG. Yes. Uh, no. No, no, no. No, I, I just don't believe that. The range EV only is 26 miles on a good day, which is not very good. But, you know, I think this electric motor is designed to work alongside the engine, most of all. It's not, you know... You can use it on its own, but just in it to the shop, that's it. It's not a car you could, you know, go long distance in EV only. That's to come. Uh, 0-60 in 5.2 seconds. Top speed of 155 miles per hour. It weighs nearly 2 tons. 1,875 kilograms. It's quite a lot. 5-star cap rating, I think. But that is for the non-sport model. Something to make clear. But it's the only NCAT rating I could find. So that's for the non-sporty and non-station wagon ones. It's just the Peugeot 508 5 stars. CO2 emissions. Again, this is very 
uh, bizarre. I don't know whether to believe this. 46 grams per kilometre, which sounds very low. Um, now, if you're driving it very economically, I'm sure maybe that could be true, maybe. But if you're thrashing it, not a chance in hell. Uh, it's got five seats, five doors. Obviously, it's practical. Some alternative rivals for you consist of the Audi S4, maybe the RS4 as a stretch, uh, and the BMW M340i. But personally, I think I'd be leaning towards the Peugeot because of these three pros. It looks wonderful. The interior design is spot on. Peugeot have been really good at interior designs recently. Makes it look like you're in a very special place. Oh, again, there's another motoring journalist cliche. <laughs> it's a nice place to be. And also, it's a clever powertrain. I think the engine works very well with the electric motors. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of power with it. Cons. Now, there's cons with every car. And there's some cons with the Peugeot. First of all, the price. 55 grand for a Peugeot estate is a lot of money. But you've got to remember, these will be pcp but sadly, something this car will struggle with is a brand problem. You see the Peugeot logo, and you think, oh, it's a Peugeot. Now, I know Peugeot just had a new logo done, but this new 508, weirdly, has the old Peugeot badge. Now, I think this is because um, the Peugeot, the new Peugeot badge was announced after this car was you know, completed on the production line. But um, I don't mind this, because I prefer the old logo to the new one anyway. But a lot of people will see it and just go, it's a Peugeot, why? Why, why, why? And, you know, don't deny it, listener. You're probably one of them too. You'll look at a Peugeot badge and you'll go, it's a Peugeot. Even though it could be a good car, let's face it. Okay? It could be a good car. And also, it's competing with a lot of German rivals. Now, if if I say to anybody, on a, any randomer on the street now, I say, would you buy a Peugeot 508 PSE SW or an Audi S4? They'd go instantly, an Audi S4 just because it's an Audi. Now, this is a problem Peugeot have. It's a brand problem. Um, and it's a shame, because I don't think this car's going to sell as well as I think it deserves to. It's a massive shame, really, because it is a very good car. And for that reason, I'm going to give it a Piston Podcast rating of 4 out of 5, which is very respectful, actually. I would give it a higher rating if the price was a bit lower, because I do, still do think it's absolutely ludicrous. It's a bit it's a bit wishful, isn't it? It's wishful thinking. But yeah, this new car, the standout point is the styling. Listeners, search it up. Peugeot 508 PSE SW. It looks amazing. Really, really nice. Swoopy lines. It just looks cool. And, you know, a lot of people have said, actually, it's actually out-Audied Audi, which is a hard thing to say. Out-Audied Audi. Um, and I kind of, you know, agree with them. It does look a lot like an Audi, you know, a lot of people would think it is an Audi, um, or some people, if I was going to exaggerate, a Ferrari FF, I know I wouldn't, to be honest, it's probably not that beautiful, but um, yeah, it, it's a very good looking car, so there we go, that is the Piston Podcast Pick of the Week for this week. Now, if this car isn't for you, and you want an estate car that's maybe a bit less powerful, but just as practical, I'm going to give you a top 10 list of the latest uh, electric cars, estate cars, there you go, I can't read my own handwriting even though I planned this half an hour ago. Now, at number 10 is the Volkswagen Passat Estate. At number 9 is the Jaguar XF Sport Brake. At number 8 is the, coincidentally, the Peugeot 508 SW, so not the sporty one. At number 7 is the Peugeot V90. Sorry, I read that completely wrong. It's the Volvo V90. I read two lines at once. There you go. At number 6 is the Audi A6 Avant. At number five is the Mercedes E-Class Estate. Honestly, I should be on top of the pops. You know, I'm just good at this sort of stuff. At number four is the Alpina 
B3S by Turbo Touring. That's my top of the pops, uh, top of the pops voice there. And number three is the Ford Focus Estate. And number two is the Skoda Superb Estate. And at number one this week on the charts is the BMW 5 Series Touring. Uh, and here they are performing this week. There we go. That's my really naff top of the pops impression. But there we go. If you want an estate car, apparently the BMW 5 Series Touring is the one to get. Um, it's definitely a lot cheaper than this Peugeot, so maybe that's the one to go for, but um, leave it up to you. But I've, I've, I went in a Peugeot Superb Estate a few years ago, and that was really pleasant. So even a car like that, which is not very expensive at all, but it's not cheap, I don't think. might be alright. Depends how you spec it, really. A car like that is really good as a car, and the Focus Estate, to be honest. They're all really nice. The Volvo V90 is a strong contender. Anyway... Estate cars aside, as much as I love them, oh, station wagons and cross turismos, it's time for My Way or Highway, and then the quiz question, and then it's time to wrap this one up. This week, My Way or Highway is the Mellow Cotswolds. Now, this is best for sports cars, so if you're a sports car owner, the Mellow Cotswolds is for you. It's an 80-mile route through beautiful British villages, and it basically takes you back in time. Um, there's a lot of things to see, there's picturesque views for you to take your sick Instagram pictures. Um, rad, yes, this is my uh, teenage language there, I've stressed it out a bit. But there we go, that's my way of highway, nice and quick this week. Now, the quiz question, let's finish this off nice and quickly. I've actually forgotten, so I'm going to have to get my phone out, apologies. Now, the quiz question for this week, now answers on a postcard, is the world record for removing and replacing a car engine is how long? How long? So, how long is the record for removing and replacing a car engine? I'm going to give you a clue. It was on a Ford Escort on the 21st of November 1985, so quite a long time ago. How long did it take? Now, the answer for this will be on the Piston Podcast Twitter page, at Piston Podcast. So, make sure you're following that, and it thinks so. I think it'll be on my Instagram, at DanielCarzo5, on my story. So, that's it, really. Social media, you know it already. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at DanielCarzo5, as I just mentioned. And the podcast, at Piston Podcast, as I just mentioned. Give them a follow, because it really does help. And support the podcast as much as you can, because... Yeah, I'd really appreciate it. That is it, I think. Now, I did say I'd be joined by two guests this week, and it's been very hectic this week. A lot of stuff has been going on, and one of the guests has just gone away camping, so it couldn't happen, really. But it is going to happen. But, there's another but, it's not going to be this series. It's a massive shame, because next week, I'm very, very sad to announce... Is the last episode of the series. It's going to be a very special one. Okay, it's a very very special one. The last episode of the series is always quite a sad one for me because it's like, oh god, the podcast is over. That's it for a series because there will be a series four. I can guarantee that. Um, after a short break, as as always, really, I need I need time to recharge my batteries and uh, come back stronger than ever. And the epic interview will happen then, along with a lot more interviews and car news. And it'll be great. So, if this is the last episode you listened to in Series 3, I don't know why it would be, but thank you for listening and thank you for joining me. But I will be back next week on every podcast provider for a Piston Podcast special. Yes, Piston Podcast special. Recorded from home, unfortunately. It's not going to be anywhere special. But it's about a car 
very, very close to my heart. And it's been a podcast I've been meaning to do since it started in late 2019. So it's going to be very exciting and hopefully it will be interesting for you listeners. That is it for this week, episode 14. If you enjoyed it, thank you very much. And I will see you next week. Farewell. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Piston Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Just before you go, remember you can follow me on social media at DanielCarzo5 and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast. See you next time for more interesting car chats.